Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, a Mitch Rab podcast. How you doing this week, Mike? Hey, good. I forgot to tell you, I had Foos' wedding this weekend in Texas. So oh, I saw some more of the boys. Nice. Yeah. It was good. Very nice. Who was all there? Oh, it was Matt, Jeff, Tom S., Houdinski. Yeah, we had a good chunk of the crew out there in Tejas. It's a good time. Very nice. Very nice. Tom Smith was there. Nice. Tom Smith was there. He was a big Mitch Rap fan back in the day. I wonder if he uh, has kept up with it. I don't think he has. At least he hasn't been tweeting us about our, our awful takes. So, Yeah, I don't yet think he knows what happened in Enemy at the Gate. So one day we'll get a random text from him. He'll be like, no way. <laughs> Which is funny because he's the reason why we're making this podcast because he gave me the books. So right, it's right. it's kind of funny that he stopped reading. But I think he stopped reading in general. He's too busy. He's a nurse. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. You mentioned him on our first episode, actually. Our origin stories, he came up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the reason. Yep, yep. That's probably the only reason why he, he listened in the first place because we told him that we talked about him in the first pod, so... I thought he might have been a little off-put that we started this, but I clearly remember asking him about it, and he was like, nah, I'm not into that. But then he acted like he was all myth that we left him out, because we talked with the, you know the books about him all in college, so I don't know. It would have been, knowing Tom, it, this this thing would have never came out weekly, you no. know, <laughs> it would have been a monthly pod, maybe, so. He would not have fit our recording schedule at all (laughs) well speaking of recording schedule we are coming to you hot off the press of finishing this book i just let's just kick it off mike let's do it yeah let's do it every time i finish a good book i like to review that book in the form of a limerick and today I, i just got a quick snappy one for you a little little one here i wanted to mention a couple of different characters and so i I threw them all together. That might be, you know, jumping the gun here, might be my winner of this book. Not really the plot line and the story, but the individual characters. Just Kyle made so many amazing, cool people and advanced the people we already love and know. So, yeah, here we go. A right-hand man, Grisha is, to Krupin. Irene nearly calls Scott's next of kin. Rap deep undercover oh the plot he'll discover and fred mason just the guy to swoop in all right not your best but uh you tried <laughs> i tried i wanted to squ- squeeze in some grisha some Krupin, some fred mason you know those are some hard words to rhyme with so i i'll give you an a for effort an a for effort appreciate that appreciate that my friend i gotta give kyle an a for effort absolutely for really engaging me in this book I think the whole time I'm thinking about this, I, I think this could be a great standalone movie. Like, it doesn't even have to be in the rap verse. True. I would love to see this as a movie. Some of the scenes that, like, were a little bit bogged down in terms of, like, jumping back and forth. Like, every time we went to see Grisha, do we need that chapter? Like, it's just, like, it's, you know, but it was there. And you could see, like, how the movie, how a movie could play off that. You know, I, I think I've said this a couple of times, but there are a few of these books that, I mean, probably all of them could be movies, but this one... I feel like you could really 
the the it's probably stolen it reminded me of like a diehard movie like the at the mm. end you know like bruce willis as is mitch rap coming in you have like you know the terrorists and they're about to set off bombs I don't know, it's very it's a very common plot thread i guess but i was engaged however i think we are going to get into some things that we had we had some pick some nits that we we haven't often like had to deal with in in these books before and it, it's interesting that it finally came up yeah i think i'm with you i think we'll get there but you're spot on with kyle a for effort and getting the essence right of who the characters are and really wanting to do justice and and keep them as we know them but at the same time bring in his own people from grisha to now fred mason and Krupin. But, yeah, like you said, I was taken out of it a little bit where Vince could masterfully jump scene to scene and we'll be in three or four or more places all at once. I feel like Kyle was trying to emulate that here, but it just wasn't as seamless. It was a little more jarring to cut back to Grisha walking in Costa Rica or at his house in Costa Rica with some surfer lady. You know, and then you cut to rap undercover. And uh, speaking of undercover, I, that pretty much carries this second half entirely. Is rap back right in the Middle East, basically where he fits in, doing what he does, but a little reverse. He's not fitting in, looking like a Middle Easterner. He's actually an American who has to hide his Arabic and actually wants to look, you know, like an American. And so that was a little weird because rap's strength undercover is blending in you know kind of being forgotten and here he's trying to stick out like a sore thumb so maybe we should just jump into who is eric jessam and how does rap get undercover with this isis cell yeah so i I think that that sort of brings to the first point that i i had that while i think it works it just caused me like a pause i'm reading it and i'm like i'm going along and i I had to stop i'm like wait did he just randomly stumble upon a American, I mean, the fact that he would maybe stumble upon an American prisoner that the Pakistanis had, sure. Obviously, that general was dealing with ISIS. But the fact that that same prisoner is from the village that then is involved with this terrorist attack that Krupin is, is doing, and then he was actually going to be selected to be one of the members going on one of the missions, I was like, wow, that's a lucky coincidence, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that is, I guess you could pick a lot of these things in all these books, like, you know, and I feel like this happens sometimes. That's what I was saying. I haven't felt like that in most, uh, Vince novels. Like, right. It's always there to some extent, right. you know? I mean, that's what these, these are thriller novels. They're not, they're not based right. on real it's life, fiction. right? It's fiction. But this was like, really? That, that is, that is very coincidental. You know, it was a little too far. It's like, yeah, I I think you're spot on comparing it to Vince. And of course, we can't expect a one to one. Right. We we know there's different styles for different writers. But I just felt throughout this book one too many times I was asked to, you know, the suspension of disbelief. Right. I was asked to put reason aside just a few too many times for my liking 
and for what I'm used to in this series. How many times have we read a Vince or even a Kyle book and just said the parallels to our world and what could seem realistic? We know it's fiction, but so many parts of it were like, I really feel like I'm in the action on the ground or the details were right or just the setting was explained and was so realistic feel like in this book one too many times I was just taken out of it with a I guess I just have to play along because I want to read a good book right now and, and it happened with the ISIS and how he stumbled upon this prisoner of war who just happened to look like him right <laughs> but even if you back up the reason he found the prisoner was he was flown to Pakistan with Maz or he flew the plane himself which was kind of exciting him landing in basically the middle of the Pakistani army guarding this runway with 50 guys or whatever and he overshoots the runway on purpose to to get away from the soldiers but anyway he's in a meeting with the head general of the pakistani army the president of pakistan and they're both names almost sound the same shurani and jutani so they that should have been changed i know the president you couldn't change but i feel like you could have changed the general had a different general but i was first taken out of it when he just starts beating the shit out of the general. <laughs> like, no, see that that is not out of Mitch's character. Like, no, it, no, it's not that in the past before. Like, he last in the last one, he stabbed a fucking senator with a fork, and in previous ones, he's that that I'll I'll sort of okay. push back on you there. I, I I think I think if you had just that, that's that's one thing. But then to that lead to this, I, I would have bought more. So if he had found that prisoner. And then interrogated that prisoner and found out information that led him then to someone else that led him to the village. You know, like like mm. uh, that would have been more believable instead of like one more link. Yeah, just he, he doesn't get any information from Jessam. He just finds out who sort of who he is, right. makes a snap decision that I think he even says in, in his head, like we're running out of time. I got to go with this, and I, I guess. This is your best plan is just to like go undercover and not tell anybody but Joe Maslick? Like, yeah, right. Exactly. I I don't know, though. Him beating up Sharani, I get what you're saying and that it's Rap's character. The president was in on that. The president like sort of okayed that, right? Well, hesitantly. He gave him a gun. He gave him a gun. He gave him a gun, but Jutani was like, Whoa, 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 what's going on here, Mitch? Slow down. And eventually, Jutani was like, all right, I guess we need Shirani to speak up. And he is my adversary, and he's trying to, you know, jockey for power alongside me. So let me let Mitch be Mitch and and, and do this. And I feel like Mitch has no reservations hurting anybody, politician, powerful, international, army, diplomat, whatever, whoever they are. But it was just a little forced here. I was like... We went from zero to 60. Like, we you did. land a plane, he has a meeting, I'm sitting down with these two guys, and next thing you know, he's breaking fingers. I'm like, all right, yes, Rap would do that. Would he do it this quickly in this scenario, seemingly out of the blue, in plain sight, right? Like, the guards are outside the door. I, I just – and again, the only reason he did it was because he wanted Sharani to lead him to the facility where they were operating on the nukes. But I'm like – I just don't – I don't think it was a tactical – I don't think it was a smart decision, but Kyle had to make it work just to get Rap to this prisoner of war. 
So while it's within Rap's character, I don't think it was within the purview of where we were in the plot to happen at that time and in that circumstance. Right. It was, it was a little janky, like a little, yes. little hitchy. Yes. Yes. A little yes, hitchy. Yeah. All right. Now, I'll be honest, though. We're kind of here being, you know, negative Nancy's on the scene. I think once Rap is undercover, everything is written really well. Yes. If you get over the fact of, I don't buy how he got here, I don't buy how he's fitting in, and I don't buy how he's he's hoodwinking everybody. Everyone's like, Joe Maslick beat him up so he looked like this uh, this other American guy who got tortured by the Pakistanis, but he pulls it off too easily for me. But once he's there, it's kind of cool how he's able to maneuver. Like, he's looking at signs in Arabic, but he has to pretend he doesn't even see them or can't read them but he's secretly reading and decoding everything then he has to have an accent and like how he handles himself has to be american even though he could pull off all their mannerisms and then the girl i love how this relationship is written with lala i really gotta ask you what do you think of that how he encounters her and then how he treats her and reacts to her oh completely within his character Mm -hmm. completely within mitch's character we you know in the past we've going back to consent to kill, right? Where he decides not to kill Claudia. Uh, I think even at the end of this book, when he has that interaction with Grisha, Grisha says, don't, don't kill. Uh, I forget. Was it Kara or that surfer girl? Uh, yeah. In Costa yeah. Rica. The surfer girl. And he's like, who the fuck do you think I am? Like, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. You're not dealing with, uh, you're not dealing with Louis Gould here. Right. Right. But yeah, no, I thought, and that's where Kyle shines is like making me care about Layla or Lala. You know, making me care about this character who I think Vince would struggle sometimes. These these secondary minor characters that are only in one book Agreed. that I could just I could not care about. But making me care about her in, in a shorter period of time, you know, she symbolizes what's going on over there. You know, giving this message across through the book, through the through the words, through the pages. The one thing I, I again, this is the second problem I had is do you think she would know his name is Mitch Rapp? I actually do. Yeah? I, I think in these ISIS camps, he he's he's like target number one. So I, I think posters, they distribute propaganda of him. I think they'd say, oh, look out for him. You know, the angel of death is coming. The angel of I death see, is I coming. See, I would have I bought it more if she had just said, are you the angel? You know, are you like whatever the word for angel of death is, right, in Arabic? But Yeah, or are you some sort of American special forces, like super agent guy? Instead of yeah, Mitch straight up comes out and is like, are you Mitch Rapp? And he's like, yes, I am. It's like, are you James Bond? Yes, I, you know, like. <laughs> I think that's after a while, though, of her watching his movements, tracking him, like absorbing things, because she's around for a while with him. I think she right. only says that after she really gets to know and sees him operating. Yeah. But you know, how she comes onto the scene, though, is awesome. Where Rap is is undercover is this eric jessam guy and the, the isis people want to reward him for coming back and breaking free and they even heard rumors that he defeated mitch rap or he held out in rap interrogating him in the pakistani um facility and so he's like he's a hero now among the isis people he you know he's uh he's earned his street cred with them so they take him to a, a slave auction or prostitute auction with these young girls and Rap is just sickened to his core. But they bring out Lala, this one girl, and she's fighting back. She's clawing at the guys. He could see the zeal in her. 
And when she's about to go to some, you know, like gruesome, nasty guy and he knows what will happen to her and he sees this fierce determination in her, he says, I want her and he bids on her. And of course, being this hero who just came back from captivity, they want to provide him what he wants. So he gets the girl, he gets to carry her over his shoulder, you know, to his apartment or whatever. And she's scared to death. She even tries swinging a lamp at him. Like, she she just is fighting back. And he, Rap likes he actually knock He knocks her unconscious so he could carry her back, right? So he can carry her, right. And uh, I love the, the point where he's like, because when he woke up, he had been out for like four days, right? Mm-hmm. And he looks in the mirror when he's back and he's healing because he's, yeah. he even says like, <laughs> it reminds me of like Wolverine. He always had the superpower to like heal really fast. Right. He's like, I'm starting to, I'm starting to not look like Eric this Eric Jessam guy. And she, he's like, Oh, here's my opportunity. You know, it, it just, just came through the door and he lets her, you know, swing the lamp with the lamp. There was a funny scene later on when I think he's with the medics after everything's done and they're like, who did this to you? And he's like an angry woman. And she thinks the, the medic thinks he's joking, but and then he, he's like, he's definitely not joking. Yeah. And the general who let him have the girl in the first place goes, ah, I see you like spirited women. Right. And that line spirited women is going to come back to haunt the guy. Oh yes. 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 Oh, because basically rap tells Lala, like, look, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not even going to sleep with you, but we have to pretend, right? Guys come and knocking on the door. Any of these ISIS bozos pop in. You got to look like you're tied up. One time he even ties her up to the bedpost, right? He rips. He says, you got to wear these ripped clothes, you know, stay in your, your underwear. And she's like, what the heck are you doing? She's like, no. And she's like angry. And he's like, look, I'm not going to touch you. We just have to play the game. And so she's trying to figure out who he is. And then he just goes and eats something. And she's sitting there like, this man's not going to, you know, take advantage of me. Like, who is this? The two brothers want to come. They want to rescue her. He's like, slow down. I'm not going to hurt her. And he convinces them that he's an American agent and that he actually can help them fight off ISIS and defend their village because they're just common people. And so she slowly is putting things together that he understands Arabic so he can hear everything they're saying. He shows the scars and he's like, look, do you think Eric Jessam had these scars? Do you think a random American who went to work for ISIS has all these bullet and knife wounds? And they basically pick. And then he has to tackle one guy who doesn't believe him. He shoots like an inch from each of their feet. So basically he's proving he's got the goods and he's who he says he is. And they should trust him that he can help rid this village of ISIS. Yeah, and it'll be that, you know quick decision making in that relationship that allows him to attack the facility where just so happens that's where the people who are preparing to go on this you know excursion with Krupen and or for Krupen and with Grisha and Mitch I guess Mitch is able to deduce everything because the general was obviously involved with the fissile material they're banking on the fact that maybe he is involved with ISIS and that's like why Mitch gets taken in the first place right because originally when he goes in on, on, as Eric Jessam, he's supposed to go to a black site, right? A, a CIA black site in, on the orders of the president. But the hope is, is that by pissing off the general, the general will now give him to ISIS. Yeah. And then so putting all this together, this is exactly where we have the recruits and he's able to take out that facility. Yeah. What I liked about, you know, while, you know, 
it was interesting. Uh, one of the things I, I enjoyed about the writing was just giving us a picture of like what is going on over there, you know, mm-hmm. um, or at the time, prob- probably still going on de- or definitely still going on. Maybe not in uh, this area, but yeah, I just thought it was something different that we hadn't quite seen from right. obviously Kyle has to now transition away from Al Qaeda which Mitch, Mitch referenced a couple times is the, the differences between ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I liked how Kyle sort of showed us uh, this new this new threat and, and bringing it into you know, advancing him along through the years. Right, right, that's true. And I like this, the small details where, and this is almost a throwback to transfer of power because Mitch has to sneak up on this facility and he wants to get close to this guard outside. There's 23 ISIS dudes inside this training center. And like you're saying, that that parallel to reality, they're holding children inside. Right. They're pretending it's like a, a school or a camp or something. That way, any drone footage from the Americans see children coming in and out of this building and won't strike it. But secretly, these locals, these villagers tell Rap, no, that's an ISIS training center and there's 23 dudes in there. Well, how does he get to the front door? He walks up as if he's Eric Jessup goes, oh, my brothers. And he knows it's the Middle East. He starts taking out a pack of cigs. He's already, you know, we know we've seen rap undercover smoking in the Middle East, like lethal agent, that cafe scene Kyle wrote, where rap is just like one of the usuals at this cafe. He walks up to the guard, takes out his cigarettes. He's smoking, calling him brother, and he slowly just slips a knife. And so when he goes to light or offer a cigarette to this guard, he just he uh, swipes his throat with the knife. Were you getting vibes of the transfer of power opening scene when Rap walks up to that guard pretending to be like a homeless dude on the streets of Iran? Oh, right, I, right, right. I got right, hints right. of that as he walked up to this guard outside of the building in Iraq and slashed the dude's throat with a pack of cigarettes with a hidden knife inside. I don't know. I got I got transfer of power vibes there. No, I I agree with that. Rap is very good at being undercover. We we've seen right. you know a couple times now. He's he he does a pretty decent job. Yeah, and, and so this I was, is this is different. Like you said, this is different than what he's normally there to do. You know, he's there to blend in with you know these kind the of Middle people. Eastern. But now he ha- but yeah, but now he has to be an American, a dumb American. American. Right, right, right. And he's kind of marshalling these villagers. He's like a group of I think four dudes. And they barely have any training. Like one maybe shot a weapon. And he's like, what other equipment or ac- or weapons do you have access to? And they're like, we got a couple more rounds of ammunition, but <laughs> this is all we got. This is it. And the rap's like, all right, so let's go. And they're like, what the hell? We're not going. And rap's like, if this is what we got and we know how many dudes are in there and you know the layout of the building. Yeah, we that's enough of a plan for us. We're going. And I'm just like, man, he's like. He's so confident in these situations when he's in this operating theater. He's like, "What is there? What else is there to talk about?" Yeah, and then he, and then again, he immediately sees you know this one guy who's not going to budge, and he t- like, "This is an opportunity to I'm, prove himself." The only way I'm going to get confidence with this guy is by taking this guy not not killing him, but like you know, putting him in his place, showing him who he is, what he's capable of, and gaining their trust again. Yeah. And so I was I was thinking about this scene and I was like, what again was the purpose of that besides rap just wanting to kill terrorists? And then I thought about it, I was like, okay. He has he, to he, he has, has to get himself back in because right. he's, he's he got too injured 
in order right. to he can't go on the tr- on the trip anymore. They took him out off the mission to go to Saudi Arabia and you know set up the nukes. So we need to kill enough guys that they would need a replacement team, and he would make the replacement team, but not kill enough guys that they would shut down the operation that they think it was right. compromised. You know, so we need to make it look like locals, which it was because it was for just villagers launching the attack. And not like a whole American attack or, you know, secret commandos coming in. And he pulled that off. He killed enough of them. He knew enough to leave so that they would be the backup team. He has to go back, get ready for the mission. They said, you're up. Tomorrow you leave. So he has to go part with Lala also last night with her. And that's when basically they're shipping out the next morning. Someone comes to take her away. She knows it's rap at this point because her brothers are brought in on the gig. They talk about it. And this is where she tells him, look, I have to go with these men. And he's like, run away. He's like, or I could try to pull some strings. If you just hold out, run away somewhere, then we could see what we can do. She's like, no, because if I run away, they wouldn't expect that I got away from you. And then she's like, if I run away, they'll just go after my family. She's like, I have to go with them. That way they don't take my family, hurt my brothers or anything else. And that way your cover isn't blown. Because if you let me go, or if you say you killed me or something, they'd ask where the body is. And if you can't produce it, they'd get a little suspicious. So I have to go with the the, the next man who, who buys me. And it pains rap to know that that's the truth. And so as they're carrying her away, he decides, and she decides, they make eye contact. I love that writing where they make eye contact as she's being taken away. And rap says her fear turned to like comfort as soon as she realized rap was going to kill her well but he doesn't kill her i, th- I think like, she at, at that point they, they they he she realized i have to go with them but it doesn't mean i'm going with them like i'm going out on my own terms right and i'm not going with them like i i might be seeming like i'm going with them but i'm, I'm actually not going with them i'm going to take as many of, of yeah. them with me before they take me. She stabs that guy. It, exactly. She stabs the general right in, right in the stomach. Which allows then, Rap to shoot her in yeah. self-defense. Which le- allows him to give that line you like. Yep. He leans over the dude and goes, oh, I have it here. What do you think of spirited women now? Let's yeah, see. yeah oh, exactly. What do you think? How do you like spirited women now? As he's dying from her stabbing him. It's great. Yeah, some nice uh, bringing that back from you know, he's getting some taste of his own medicine later on. Right. Besides this ending scene, which we're going to get to, I think the Lala storyline might have been my favorite part of the second half of the book. I agree with that. It's the most, like, compelling, interesting. Right, right, most, right, right. Um, Obviously, there's a whole time thing with when the bombs are going to go off, but you could have had Mitch, like, half the book with Mitch with Lala you know, in this camp trying to gain information, you know, whatever. See, that's where, I, I, again, I, I think it, you could have got Mitch to this camp a different way. Mm-hmm. Still as Eric Jessam, but like a different way than how he got there. And like, you know, may, drag this out a little bit more. Yeah. But with the, with the short time we got with her, and, and that's what I was saying, Kyle does a great job making me care about her. Right. And yeah, I, I think that this, this whole storyline is, like, I agree with you that it is... um probably this the best part of the second half yeah and perhaps the best written i mean i just pulled the quote when rap does have to shoot her and, and i think this is just kyle's best writing in the book listen to this 
Rap looked up and focused on the girl. She met his gaze and fought to keep it as she wrestled through the door. For the first time in their short relationship, her eyes were full of fear. Rap pulled the Smith & Wesson from his waistband, and when he took aim, that fear turned to tranquility. The round struck her directly in the heart, and she crumpled to the ground, with an arm still gripped in her captor's hand. Expressionless, Rap looked down at her body for what was probably too long. It had always bothered his late wife that he could sleep so well after everything he'd done. She would be happy to know that those days were likely over. Like, he even brings up how Anna used to bug Mitch, like, how do you sleep at night knowing you kill people? And he was like, I sleep like a baby. They're, they're bad guys. But now he's in a situation where he's killing Lala because it's what she wants and it's the, the less painful action, you know, to, to wrap up her life. But he can't sleep with himself anymore, you know? The days are over where he could tell someone like Anna, I have no qualms about what I do. Now he's like, this is complex. And that's what right. that's the difference with ISIS and Al-Qaeda, right? Like, it's this new level of complexity in these things. And when he's undercover with them, this is really deep stuff. Adding her, I think, shows us a deeper side of rap. Yeah, it adds a layer of depth right. to um, him, to the, the second half plot. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. All right, how do we get to Saudi Arabia then? Because Grisha's setting up all these nukes. What? All right, here's a yes. question. What did you think about the boats? And he's going through the Gulf of Oman, picking up these, I guess, like caches that someone left, like these floating nuclear materials underwater. I think I didn't yeah. get that. So, like, obviously, in, like, he's doing a typical Flinian, Flinianism where you jump back and forth between one scene Rav, one scene Grisha, right? There's supposed to be these these dichotomous forces is that, is that the right word? Dichotomous? Dichotomic? Sure. Uh, you're the teacher. Um, I guess geography, not, not not English. Parallel. Diametric? There we go. Mm, Maybe. Okay. Sure. Uh, parallel. We'll go with parallel. We'll go with parallel. Um, people are like, they're listening to this. So like, it's a parallelism. <laughs> sure. Anyways, you have these parallel forces that are, you know, each going on their own track, trying to catch each other. And I think... The suspense there was was riveting at, at times. Some of these chapters with Grisha and, and the boat, like what, what you're describing is where they have this mechanism because they knew inevitably they were going to maybe get caught by, approached by someone in the Gulf of Oman. And so they had a way to lower these caches into the water and they would sink and, and be at, at the bottom floor and they had like this special rope that was undetectable and like the boxes were undetectable so like when they if they were to do any sort of scanning or anything they wouldn't be able to to see them or or detect them whatever by radar i guess and then when they go away they just sort of pull them back up like yeah. <laughs> I, I guess i i gotta be honest it's another one of those moments where it was like one do i even believe it and two do i even care because the Coast Guard does come and board the ship. It's like three paragraphs. Grisha's like, oh, I'm really nervous. If they find the material, we're toast. Oh, look, the Coast Guard's here. They're going around the ship. I hope they don't find these hidden invisible ropes we have dangling deep under the boat with our nuclear material. Oh, that's good. They didn't find it. Bye-bye, Coast Guard people. Phew, we're safe. It was. <laughs> it took me out of it. I was like, I don't know. No, that's what that's what I was saying. I think if you you could have like 
you could have just had that, you, you know, sort of, you know, that he's been sent on this mission and that there are these tw- or six sites, right, that he's going to be at. A rap has to find that. There's literally, we don't need to be with Grisha at all. You know? Yeah. Or we need to be more with Grisha. Like, if you really wanted right. to set him up right. to be the co-lead of this book, which I think what Kyle was trying to do, give us, because in the end, you want to be able to buy that he's a good guy and that Mitch would save his life. Like, mm-hmm. Which is something I think we're going we're to get to relatively quickly. Like the decision to allow Grisha to live. And I think you want to be able to, you have to be able to understand Mitch's decision for that. And I think that we got not enough. We got plenty of Grisha in the beginning, but then during this whole, you know, sort of duality between the two, we're getting a lot with Mitch, but not a lot with Grisha. Right. It's these chapters that, like we've said, you you could have thrown them away, and they they don't really tell me anything. Right, right, right. Because we knew we knew he was going to those six places, and we, we we like it was sort of told to us seven different times what the mission was. You know, exactly, exactly. And even Kennedy like figures it out herself, like where like her analysts do, right? So you know, or or we could have, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's a balance issue of when we cut back to Grisha for. Oh, the Coast Guard are randomly going to check our ship here. I was like, wait, what's he doing there again? I, just we haven't seen him in a while. I think it was balance. I think I think you're right. Because the first half of the book, I really liked his relationship with Crouppen and how there were cracks starting to show in that. That is kind of put on hold or it's not as prevalent. Although we do hear Grisha well, saying, we, I'm we, just going to retire couple... after this. Like, I'm yeah. done. I'm out. Yeah, we get a couple of times where either he's just got off the boat, right? And he's thinking about, oh, of course, Crouppen did this. And, and he's like, well, will Crouppen, every single every single step, he's thinking, is Crouppen going to kill me? Right. Are, are these the men that are going to kill kill me? Like, right. He even notices how the people unloading the stuff, they're, they're a little bit more trained than what he would have thought. And it's like, oh, is are they more trained because they're secretly, you know, assassins? Um, you know group and send them to kill me like so we get a little bit of it it's i just wanted more of that i, I wanted sure. more i don't know but, but i don't know what else you could have given it, that's true that's true although i'm kind of checking myself because i found this quote i had highlighted and it comes in chapter 40 so that's possibly right around this time in the story and it is grisha reflecting on his relationship with Krupen, which was something i really liked in the beginning of the book and this quote shows it actually was was still prevalent because listen to this. I really like how Greece is describing Azarov changing over time, or excuse me, uh, Krupin changing over time, and why he's maybe hoping to move away from Krupin and get out of the game a bit. So Kyle writes, quote, Azarov had served the Russian president for so long, it was hard to remember the modest farmer and soldier he once was. When they first met, Krupin had seemed like a god, bold and cunning, worldly and well-educated. Azarov was dazzled, overwhelmed, really, by the man. He wanted what Krupin had, to be respected and feared by great men, to wield power and wealth with the same thoughtless ease, to become a man who commanded the attention of the world. Now, though, he wanted none of those things. And he had learned to see Maxine Krupin for what he was, a desperate and ultimately weak man, 
whose legacy could be only destruction, because it was all he knew. I like that kind of writing about Grisha and Krupin. Once the story became Grisha on his own, just moving these nuclear materials, because because why? I don't know. Once it became just that, Grisha was kind of flattened to this. Oh, He's almost like one of those characters that is a throwaway. I wish it was just a throwaway character moving the nuclear material, and then Grisha just flew in and started bossing and putting it all into action. Like, some no-name terrorist was moving the nuclear material, and Grisha just lands on the ground and all of a sudden just pulls rank and shows how good he is at organizing the attack. Instead of Grisha being the foot soldier driving in the nuclear material. I don't know. But that's what he is. At, at heart, he is he is Krupin's yeah. foot soldier. It's true. I wanted to see his skills more on display instead of just a few chapters of him shuffling around some boxes. Yeah, no, I, I, that's what I think. I think I think it left us wanting more of Grisha uh, until the very end, which I think I love the scene in the oil refinery. Like right. That, right. That, that, that end scene is, is, is amazing. Like the description of it, I had to reread it a couple times to like it, visualize like where they are, how is Mitch is moving, how, how Grisha's is moving. And then at first, like, oh, he, um, I guess, do we want to jump right to that? Or like, well, before we get there, we could just say like quickly, you know, they're coming to heads, rap coming from one direction through this village he, you know, obviously gets in the team. Grisha sends the other teams out. I guess Rap gets to Saudi Arabia after he takes out one of the cells, right? Who, right. Or takes out one of the cells, tracking the cells to get a, a laptop. And he takes the laptop, right? And then once he's in Saudi Arabia, he's able to coordinate the mission or try to coordinate the mission with the Saudi Arabian army. There's this, you know... Like, did you need the confrontation with the general and throw him out the helicopter? Like, okay, that was kind of cool. <laughs> it was, it was cool, but it was cool. just like there's like added on stuff that like didn't didn't need to be there. I don't, like in the scene in, in the hotel where like they're giving him shit, and it's just like okay, there's the, like six nukes that are about to go off in, yeah. in your freaking thing, and you're gonna like try to. I, I don't maybe maybe that's realistic. So, I, I, and okay, that's how it would actually happen. The hotel I didn't like as much, so I'm with you. Basically, Rap is, Rap is giving a computer, and he's waiting to meet with somebody. He's like, oh, let me hack this computer and download some software so Marcus can track everything, and I can get in touch with him, and we can erase the record so nobody knew who I was talking to. I, one, I don't know if I, I would buy the simplicity of that. Oh, let me just take this <laughs> Russian laptop they left for me and download a program that 100% overwrites all their protocols. Oh, and by the way, it lets me call the director of the CIA. Encrypted. Uh, anyway. So I didn't like that. And then he goes taking a shower. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know why you had to write. He just went away and took a shower and had time to kill. So I'm just a little lost with that. But it puts him on a collision course with this general who's like, we got to stop the bombs from going off. I'm in charge here. The Saudi king said, I can take the lead on this mission. And he's mouthing off to rap on the chopper. He's like, you know where the bomb is? Show me the bomb. Rap's like, there's six bombs, you idiot. If we take out this one, the other five will go off. And so Rap's got to tell this general, cool your jets. But the general's like, no. And he battled Rap. Tell me where the nuke is. We're going to attack it. We're going to take it out. And Rap's like, what an idiot. Rap casually leans over in the chopper, unbuckles the guy's belt or uh, harness. He says he's thrown off by the casualness of it, how Rap is just being so casual. 
unbuckles it, looks at him, just shoves him to the door and just pushes him out. Like he took his time and was so deliberate that the other guy was confused and barely had time to brace himself and whoop, out the chopper he goes. I like that because Fred Mason calls back. I, I was just I was just about to say that. I and that's one of my favorite lines of the book. Did you just throw someone out my chopper? Rab's like, maybe. And he goes, stop messing with weight distribution. He doesn't ask, like, who was it? Like, why did you do that? It's like, well, stop it because you're fucking up the weight distribution. Like, that's <laughs> that was an awesome line. I love it. a great one-liner. Love that. I mean, I guess the point is just to get uh, Rap on the ground. And one right. of their teams goes down. So they've got teams and Marcus on the comms tracking these six nukes well with one of the teams down their chopper has to divert to that team but rap says hey drop me off at the oil refinery first he has a hunch that that's hq that's where grisha's organizing the show then mason's got to turn around and go get the sixth team right and i like the one chapter we get sort of after mitch gets rap uh dropped off where the other saudi uh military person who didn't like the general yeah, approved, of, uh, approved of approved uh, of him being thrown out of, out of the helicopter yeah. where you know th- their, their helicopter goes down while they're trying to take right. you know get the one suv and they're able to it was it was kind of like when i'm reading it was it was very um cha- it caused like chaos in my mind the way the way it was sort of written and, and how it's being described and sort of you could sort of visualize the scene how it's going on sure and you know, Bozzy gets out, he hears gunfire, he hears uh, shooting, and then this one guy comes up, and then he just drops down, and then you look over and you see uh, Fred Mason sort of lying on his side, but he had a had a gun, uh, whatever, automatic rifle in, in his yep. hand, and Fred that, was, Mason. that was cool, my, my boy Fred Mason. Yo, Fred Mason might be a, a huge winner of this book, because he's got another line. When Rap's like, you gotta go with this Colonel Bozzy to go take out the cell, Mason's like, I don't think we'll have the fuel to get back to base if we divert. And Rap's like, well, get ready to walk. And Fred goes, hey, did I ever tell you what my ditching fee is? You know, if you ditch me, that's that's an added fee because he's a contractor. And then he goes, he goes, Irene's going to put my oldest daughter through grad school. That was awesome. There was like um something else where he's like, are you charging me for that? He's like, well, that's that that's a given. Like, I'm that's definitely charging you for that. Yep. Yeah. Like. Irene's paying for his kid's grad school. Love that line. He gets called in a lot. Kyle likes to bring in uh, Fred Mason. As Kyle likes Fred Mason. I mean, let's say total power. He got rap in the jungle to yeah. that hillside, to that cave, and then are all flying around with the different caches of supplies. In total power in Washington, I'm sorry, enemy, DC, enemy right? at the gates, enemy at the gates. Yeah, enemy at the gates. Yeah, enemy total gates. power. He gets rap and Coleman downtown DC when the lights are out. Right. Lethal Agent, he was in, was he the one, I don't know if he was the one flying the chopper on the final chase scene or not. I thought he was. I think he might have been, yeah. Good Because they had a bunch of like, a bunch of like, they couldn't go through the CIA, they had to like, get like old CIA people, right? Yeah. Oh, he made me think, I found a book, unscribed, an audio book, The Night Stalkers, all about the guys who fly our special ops missions. It's kind of Fred Mason style, one of these very specialized uh, super forces uh, pilot guys. Yeah, there, it was called Operation Honey Badger. What's the group called? Operation the Night Honey Stalkers. Badger. The 160th Airborne. 
Uh, that sounds cool. I'll have to yeah. check that out. Special operations uh, pilot dudes. And, and here's a funny thing. I just I read a, a chapter of it, and it basically started out in an old nuclear facility, a nuclear bunker fallout shelter, where the army was secretly diverting funds and pulling some of their best pilots all off the books and just souping up helicopters, just like totally decking them out with weapons and capabilities that we didn't officially have. And they were just doing it. I think it was, I forget what state, like Wisconsin or something, just in some bunker, just souping up these choppers off the books. Made me think of that Craig character, you know, that mechanic. Oh, right. Like we we were doing that to have a special forces, you know, flight program in an old abandoned bunker off the books. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. All right. Well, do you want to talk about this end scene, the culmination of the book? Yeah. So we're back in a, a warehouse kind of thing again. And I think. Kyle's trying to mirror Scott versus Grisha in the first half of the book. I got those vibes. Right. And the whole book, we're thinking, what if that was Rap? Well, now it's kind of like Rap is putting himself into the lion's den, ready to go have that exact same battle. Yeah, you're you're fully in the action. They're ringing shots off of like pipes. They're going down like catwalks and stairs and they're reading each other's movements. I think Kyle did a really good job trying to have them go toe for toe and really try to not just out muscle each other, but to outthink one another and out plan one another. I don't know about you, but it almost got a little too technical at times. That's what I was saying. I had to reread it like twice or re-listen to it twice because right. it's going like so fast. And I guess it's supposed to be because like Mitch, it, it, I think he even says at one point, because like Mitch is thinking two steps ahead of himself, and 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 Grisha is also thinking two steps ahead of Mitch. Like they're each thinking like two steps ahead of each other, right. so they're each moving like. I got confused. Ahead. It's just like, yeah, no, it's it's crazy how how it's going on. And added in is this intricate like um, the inner workings of. I'm trying to visualize it in my head. Yeah, what this facility looks like because there's there's catwalks, there's platforms. Like Mitch takes off his his boots and he's running in socks and right, he falls right, and slips right. and then he has to go up a ladder. And I'm like, I'm trying to orient myself, but maybe it doesn't matter. Like I, I was after I read it the second time, maybe all that just, it just don't think about that, but just think about how there's that one point where Grisha shoots and it like near misses because rap knew exactly what Grisha was going to do. Right. And Rap retaliates and Grisha, like his shot also misses because Grisha knew what Rap was going to do. Like at that point, they are so equal. Yep. And it's not until Rap, like Rap just, it, we didn't even understand why Rap turns and runs at, at the very beginning until you get to the end when, when it explains the explosion. Yeah. But Rap is thinking all the while chasing him and he's like, wait, is this blood? He's hurt. All right. I'm getting him. And then he's like, wait, no, there's, there's not enough blood. This is weird. Why is he trying to do this? Okay. Oh, oh, oh shit. Now I got to get out. Like, yeah. Was it too much though at times? I think it was. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe little trying too hard kind of thing. I think it was meant to show how much calculations these guys can do in their heads. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I, I like that. I want that. Something took me out of the scene where if I'm rereading a scene like Scott versus Grisha, I reread that because I was freaking loving it. 
It was so clear to visualize. Here I was rereading it because I was just kind of lost. <laughs> like It was just so super duper technical, which I guess was kind of cool, but I think it leaned a little too heavy into the tech specs of the fight and how heavy is the wrench that rap drops to make a sound? How thick is the pipe? Would he really be able to, you know, make a turn this quickly? And it was a little so. And then the explosion. Hold up. This was not one of the nukes going off. It was. It was one of the nukes. It and was see, that, that's one what, of the nukes that's did what go I off. Like okay, it it felt the ending didn't feel like it was like oh no big deal it's just one nuke like to me it felt like more of a big deal that rap let one of these nukes go off you know yeah and how did grisha like have that nuke on him did he have it on him like how did he get to that or did he just detonate it with his like and then how'd they both get out well because they weren't like actual nukes they were just like radioactive they are well they're radioactive they're dirty bombs it wouldn't it doesn't cause like a a, a cloud it's mainly for the radio the radiation but the sand like getting out and i guess they picked with the winds grisha must have picked this as the headquarters to launch the operation knowing it wouldn't be affected so okay i guess that's why they're safe too uh yeah okay for the cool helicopter stuff leading up to this the fred mason the awesome jokes and wanting to see rap and grisha go toe to toe i don't know why i felt a little let down by this final action Mm. and maybe i'm just comparing it in light of what i loved so much about earlier in the book it could just be my bias as a reader it just had a slight air of disappointment as i was wrapping up this book of this is supposed to be really gripping really thrilling action i wanted to see rap and grisha go toe to toe yet something and i don't know what just took me a little out of the story that I didn't appreciate it for what it was, but I think it it is a great idea in theory. Yeah, great idea. Maybe the execution just made it a little bit better. Speaking of execution, let's talk epilogue. What do you think about rap? It, I had some consent to kill vibes, and I still don't know if it sits well with me because rap tracks Grisha on some intelligence from Mike Nash and Kennedy putting it all together to Costa Rica. And gets the drop on Grisha. He's able to have, was it Wicker who who was sniping him? He put the red dot on him. And then Rap who comes up behind with a silencer to the head. He could have taken him out right then and there. But he sees him push the surfer girl into the water. Giving her instructions to stay down. Saying they won't hurt you. Stay down. He sees he wants to take care of her. And then they have this weird conversation where Rap goes, I saw you saved her. There would be no operational reason for you to do that. You could have hid behind her and taken the sniper out of play and made me negotiate with you and forced my hand making me talk to you instead of just kill you. But you chose to save her and risk yourself. Who are you? And then Rap goes, maybe Kennedy was right that there's still use for you. So it was Kennedy who wanted Rap to spare Grisha. Kennedy thinks there's a use for him. How do you feel about all this? And do you like that Rap lets him live well i'm gonna say i'm gonna sort of push back on this idea that rap let him live i think grisha allowed himself to be caught okay okay and i think that's a key a key facet in in sort of the uh, ultimate decision which i think we have to have is who's better Mm -hmm. uh, grisha or rap because it said that after the mission grisha you know went into hiding 
didn't get any phone calls from Crouppen, eventually woke up one day in some hotel and was just like, you know, fuck this, I'm not spending the rest of my days in like these weird-ass hotels in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to live my life. And when Crouppen comes, or when the Americans come, like, I'll be there. And so I think, obviously, he didn't, like, let his... But he did. I, I, he did let his guard down, and because I think he knew someone was coming, and he thought that when they do come, he can take himself, or he could just he he wanted to be done with it, and he yeah. wanted to live his life how he wanted to live his life. So I think, and that's one of the reasons why I think um, Irene wanted to, or thought he could be turned, because he he hadn't he hadn't reached out to Crouppen. His company doesn't even know True. where he's been. Like he hadn't True. turned up, you know, like, so it's not like he, as soon as he got out, he went back to running back to his master. So it's very different away. than Louis Gould. Exactly. So I guess Rap and Irene are picking up on this guy is very different than Louis. Who's not going to stay in the game because he's a psychopath who has to, he can be a man. He can be a human and he actually might've turned a corner. Is it still enough to let him live after what he did to Scott? I'm gonna be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, that's that's the hard part. Know. Is Scott says don't kill him though? Doesn't Scott tell? No, Scott didn't say don't kill him. Scott says don't go after. Don't him. Don't go after him. Right? He's that good. Mm. Do you think? What do you think Scott's saying there? Don't go after him because it's a danger, or don't go after him because we can't be locked into this battle of revenge. He did this to me. We must go do it to him. Like. That's not healthy. Let's put yeah, our resources I think Scott, elsewhere. Elsewhere. Scott was scared. Scott was scared. Scott was scared. You, you, Scott, mm-hmm. you saw, or not? We didn't see, but we read like about yeah. the look in Scott's eyes, right? And I think, I think if Grisha is the Grisha of you know the beginning of the book, or not, not, not quite the beginning, but because you can see how years he's ago. going down this path. A couple years ago, Rap doesn't get the drop on him because he's not in Costa yeah. Rica. You know, like that's the thing. All right, Scott said, don't go after him. He knows how good he is, a little scared. His skills are up there. But Rap does go after him. Rap has the chance to kill him. I don't know. I don't know. Again, it's a suspension of disbelief. You have to buy that. Obviously, Kyle has put a lot into this character. I just thought you didn't need this epilogue. You you really didn't. You really didn't. The epilogue could have been in the, the... some the next book i feel like the epilogue was forced just to have this comparison to consent to kills epilogue just to have this let's recognize this guy might have turned a corner and spare his life it worked and you know it worked for me with claudia and anna and consent to kill i really love that idea of it blew and shattered rap's mind and his worldview was so blown open just the idea of mother and child cowering in this room and he's the one wielding a gun like the tables turned in that moment i don't think here there's this earth shattering life changing revelation that rap has that would cause him to let grisha live in this moment i just i don't buy it that's why at least the thread for me is that at least there's a line that says kennedy thinks he's useful and knowing rap and kennedy's relationship if Kennedy says, I think he's useful, that's going to plant a seed in Rap's mind. Maybe I shouldn't kill him because she's smarter than me. She has a plan. I see now that she might be onto something. 
So that one line for me might be the thread that saves this epilogue. I think that, again, we didn't get enough Grisha in the second half or even enough Grisha-Mitch interaction where he's sort of telling Mitch and Mitch understands how he's 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 no longer disillusioned by Crouppen and he just wants to get out. You know, like, it's... Whereas Louis wouldn't have never said I want to get out because he, he always he he did get out but he got he always got back in you know what I'm saying yeah like, Greece is not gonna if, get if, back in if rap sort of un- had understood that before seeing him like push a girl aside like I, I would have bought it more and does that make sense yeah I think so even if they had had so. a dialogue during that fight in, in the in in the thing where they're going back and forth in between shots in between punches where you know, Rap is pressing him on his Russian upbringing and Krupen gives it back to him and says, like, no, I don't believe this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. but I can't let you live. I don't know. Like, or if he has a conversation with Irene, like if, if Grisha had called Irene. Right. Like during the whole attack somehow, you know, I don't, I don't know why he would, she would have called Irene, but and there was some sort of exposition there. Um, or maybe Irene uncovered something like, you know how the reason you could buy Claudia becoming now a really close confidant of Irene, which is cool here because Irene appoints her in charge of Scott's care. So they're friends right. and she's trusting her. And then Mitch appoints her the head of this Manassas uh, house that he's building. So Claudia is being brought into the fold. The reason you bought that, though, was because Vince very early on said Irene started writing Claudia and they had like a relationship of letters for a while before consent to kill the epilogue even happened. Like Irene and Claudia were already talking and dialoguing. So if you had something like Irene found something out about Grisha, maybe she found out he questioned the doctor giving him the, you know, the peds and all, and all the, the drugs. And maybe she found out he was starting to question being the super soldier. Or maybe Grisha leaks some information to her about Crouppen because Grisha wants to kind of turn on Crouppen. You know, he's already saying Crouppen's weak now. Crouppen's decrepit. He's not the magnanimous man I once thought he was. If he kind of gave a bone to Kennedy or something like that, or even gave some of those hints to Mitch and was like, I know you have to kill me, Mitch. I know we're on this collision course. You're supposed to kill me. You have to prove which one of us is better. One of us has to die. But he's like, before you do it, Here's how I want to help. Oh, and that kind of happens where Mitch does say, so how about you tell us everything you have on Crouppen? And he's like, is that how this is going to work? I spill all the beans so you can blackmail Crouppen and then you'll let me live. And Mitch is like, I'm not the one to make that decision, which essentially means that's what Irene wants. Irene wants Grisha to give them all the intel on Russia and Crouppen. And if he does that, they'll let him live. But Mitch is like, it's not my call to make, which means Irene is definitely the one who wants Grisha alive. And again, this is all setting up, you know, Kyle knew that he was going to be in these next three books, right? Like that this was going to be his Russian arc. I mean, Krupen doesn't come back, I think, until Red War, but Grisha is going to be directly involved in the next book as an ally of Mitch. And so, yeah, I I think it's one of the one of the weaker points of the book, this uh, this epilogue. And I I, honestly, I, I think it would have been better just to leave it at the very end where we don't explosion. know who's better. We don't know who's better because right. because they they each got away and and actually rap failed a little bit. I mean, he 
He let one nuclear bomb go off, one dirty yeah. bomb go off, and then now he's on the loose. And it's like, all right, yeah. that would be more intriguing to me. All right, where the fuck is Grisha, you know? This book, if you think of its role in a, a, a trilogy or an arc, like you had said, its role was to set up that Rap and Grisha have to go at it and have to prove who's better. And then that part two could have been the whole story of the cat and mouse between Rap and Grisha, where we kind of just rush to get them together at the end of this book, both in Saudi Arabia and now in Costa Rica. We kind of forced it into the end of this book. But that's a great like part two to the part one of setting up both of their the collision course and not having them go toe to toe or at least not having them continue that fight or settle that fight until book two and deep into book two. Because the epilogue was forced in saying raps like do we so or somebody says so do we know who the better better man is and Grisha's like that was settled in Saudi Arabia. Which I think is him saying or admitting that Rap got the best of him. Yeah, because he he obviously crept up on him and and he had to turn to detonating that bomb to get out to, so. to be able to get out. So it was kind of it's kind of disappointing to hear the ending that Grisha's rolling over and saying, "You bested me. You were the better man. Let's let bygones be bygones and now move on." It's kind of like, oh, really? I would have loved the whole cat and mouse collision course between the two of them to make that more impactful when they made up. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're definitely right. I think there's, there's a lot that we could have gotten out of that story wise. That was just wrapped up in an epilogue that didn't need to be there. Yeah. And now it's like, let's move on to them working together. Right. So, okay. All right. We kind of talked about, but man, we're over an hour in and we got to do some winners (laughs) and losers, some final ratings and, we got to judge the cover by the book. Yes, we do. All right, so give it to me. We talked winners and losers quite a bit, so wrap it up and give us that final rating. All right. Um, I'm going to give it a B. Okay. I'm going to give it a B, middle pack, 8.6. Okay. I was sort of going back and forth when I was writing it out, and I, I said, at first I said A-, minus, and then... Then I said B, and then I said B plus. But after talking to you for the last hour, it solidified in my mind that, you know, while if I was to judge the first half of this book, it, it would have been an A. But then upon talking the second half of the book with you, it it it's it fell closer down to the middle, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Dude, I have to say um a little lower than that. But my disclaimer is that I still stand by this action scene in the beginning and the first half, Scott versus Grisha in the streets of Jalalabad, is easily in my top three favorite rap action sequences of all time. Kudos, Kyle. Like, that's up there with the Memorial Day ending, the helicopter, the extreme measures attack with Mike Nash. Clearly one of the best things ever. A plus, 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 plus. The invention of characters, Grisha, Fred Mason, this girl Lala in Iraq, A+++++++ individual pieces like that blew me away. I have to say it's kind of a shame the plot, the storyline didn't do as much for me, 
So because of that, I got to go B minus an eight, eight even. And it's towards the middle of the pack, bottom end. I don't want to say bottom five at all, but teetering around that 15th spot somewhere in there. Which is which is kind of a shame because Kyle, I think you nailed so many individual pieces in this book that were almost pure perfection. But when I, I step back and think of the book as a whole, it had too many too many moments that didn't connect or that took me out of the story. But some individual pieces that were just brilliant. B minus. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about the full the full twenty rap twenty rating with you, that's dude. How be, are we gonna rank these, man? That's gonna be one hell of a pod. One hell of a pod. How are we gonna rank these? Oof. Because you know, like when we're doing these individually, it's hard to like. Just we just give it the score, but then I've I've been keeping score, and I will read it out on the on on that pod all our scores. Obviously, there's gonna be thrown out, and well, not thrown out completely, but like we will then give you our. We're not going to base our final rankings based off how we judge them in the moment. I think we'll reevaluate. Reevaluate, yeah, right. For sure, because we gave some pretty generous and then some pretty harsh scores in the beginning that um, I think have to be tapered back. I, I already up. can say straight up, I messed up on the third option. I went back and yeah. looked. I gave it like a five or some shit. You gave like, it a C plus. You gave it a C plus. Uh, uh, I take full responsibility. That was a mistake of grand proportion. It was three books in. It was three books in. And at the time, it was a C plus. I think I was like riding so high on transfer of power. I didn't want to seem just like a cheerleader, just... like everything's an A plus. Oh, I love it. I was like, let me be a little harsh here. Let me uh, let me be edgy. And that backfired. I was wrong. Kind of a D-bag about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right, let me tell you this, though. Got some hot takes here. Let me give you one. Not individual covers of Order to Kill, but as a whole pantheon of covers. Is this the greatest collection of covers for any single rap book as a collection as a whole? These are phenomenal. They are very good. I, I, I posted that on Instagram um, with our first episode asking if, if this was the you know the best set of covers we've had for a book and there's not a i don't, I don't really think there's a bad one there's not a bad one them. uh there's one bad one there's one bad one What's uh, the bad maybe one? two g and j they're kind of blah oh uh, well i like the one with the with the russian uh you know that's that's grisha when he's when he's going to meet krupen oh true all right all right g is just i don't even know what the hell that is yeah g's dumb H is kind of cool. We've never really had anything like that. Oh, sorry. I, I, uh, G and you said J. J, yeah. The one with oh, the okay. I thought, you, I thought you said H. No, I actually really like H. Kind of retro, very Cold War, Soviet style, cartoonish version of the Kremlin with, I guess, Grisha standing out front. I, yeah. What building is that in J, though? Do you know? You know, I don't that's know. Not in, that's not in the uh, United States. No. It's in European I, city. It looks European. I, I assume Russian, but I don't know. I mean, H is definitely the Kremlin. The only nitpick I have is with A, the OG cover. It has the map, 
Middle East, Russia, a little bit of Africa, with a red coming out. Why is that red there, though? Dude, in A, that's that's Pakistan. Pakistan's on fire, man. Yeah, but the bombs go off in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. All right, that's true. I guess I didn't think of it as the bombs going off. I just thought of it as the hotbed of the activity. They're stealing. Yeah, the nukes. I thought it was. I thought it was supposed to, it, to me. It, it it gave great like. All right, this is where the nukes go off, and oh, then dude, the winds sort of take it away. Oh, the you radiation. just ruined this for me. If that's supposed to be the nuclear attack, and it's not in Saudi Arabia, it's in Pakistan. I'm really bummed about that. that oh, that's man. when I when I saw it after reading the book. I, I at first glance I was like, oh, this is a sick cover. They got like it perfectly right. Like the winds are taking the radiation out. Like it's supposed to symbolize oh, that. Yeah. But then when I when country, I zoomed man. in on it, and I realized I was like. Um. Yeah, that's that's not where Saudi Arabia is. <laughs> oh, why you got to do me like that? Because I think it's a really cool cover, but I didn't consider. I literally, because when I read the first half of the book, I was like, Pakistan, these nukes are on the loose. They're all over the place. The fighting in the warehouse, Jalalabad. I'm like, all the action is taking place in Pakistan. But now that I finished the book, you're right. It was actually Saudi Arabia where the nuke went off. Oh, that hurts my soul. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> Someone only read first half of the book when they made this cover. I was just also about to say, almost every one of these covers, it has to really, it, it has to, a lot to do with the book. Look at D. Yeah, no, we got the do. chopper with that like blood stain or something. The chopper is yep. a lot, and then there's a map, right? Like I could see them using a map like this to plan out the Faisalabad uh, op. Uh, really cool, and then, dude. I'm loving I. The red dot, because in the epilogue, Kara right. in Costa Rica is like, hey, what's that dot on your shirt or, you know, on your head or whatever? And we get to see the scope lined up here on a silhouette. I uh, Staring out a window. It's I love that. And we even get some where it's like, I guess it would be Mitch in that village. Right, you could you could imagine these are buildings in that village, right? E, e or F. Yep. Some some village in in Iraq or or Pakistan, I guess. Yep, yep, yep. So the two cities, I don't know what the two cities are in B and C. I, are, is that Russia? So yes, C and dude, cover C. I have to say. This is not a bad one. No, it's it's probably the best. And that is actually Red Square. So that is Moscow. And you can see the Kremlin in the back on the left. There's some building in the middle, which I don't reckon. Actually, that okay. looks like so the then, same building then, from Jay. Then Jay is, is also Russia. Is also Moscow. So, yeah, pretty cool. Cover C is taking place in the right area. The only problem, the color scheme makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> That's ugly. Like, they've got the setting right for cover C, finally, and they got the colors completely the wrong. Back, the, the wrong color. Yeah. I really wrong. like the cover, and I really like the blue in, uh, like, the night in B. That's yeah. really nice. The bright blue lighting up the city. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm going to give you one that is a, is a fanfic that I, that I came up with. Okay. After Grisha is, is there waiting mitch had already been dropped off he's coming he's you know coming through the wind coming at the at this facility and someone gets on the comms and says 
we, uh, I think so we see someone and Preacher's like, who is it? How, like how many forces? And it's like one man. Yep. And, and then he makes, it's like one man who's coming. And then he's like, he realizes it's Mitch, it's Mitch is coming. Oh, yeah. What if you had a cover where you could have, you, you don't have to have the oil facility, whatever. You don't want to give away too much, but sand you dunes. could have had like a, a running man like right. thing. Oh yeah. Like, and you have sand dunes. Absolutely. And one man coming at, at like bingo at, at the book. Bingo. Oh, if there were Mitch running through the dunes as Running Man, is there a Running Man cover here? I don't think I, I have. Kind of C, but not, but but actually C is part of that other C is cover C series. Uh, is B supposed to be the Running Man? No, I think it's no, E. That's it's uh, E. That's uh, E. Yeah, E E's are our normal Running Man. E is the usual Running Man, but there's no Running Man or Standing Man in this one. I think you're right. I think that would have been a cool one. The sand dune. I think Grisha even spots him out there, and is like, "It's not worth trying to take a shot or whatever for the distance." And Rap will know that we're watching, and the way he's moving between the dunes, a hundred percent would love that as a cover. As long as they don't make it orange, aqua green like cover C, because that would make no sense. <laughs> yeah, no, these are some good covers. Very good covers. Although maybe I take back that hot take about. Uh... He's being my favorite because you got me with the Pakistan Saudi Arabia mix up. <laughs> it hurts, bro. Why is it in Pakistan? Come right, on. Hold on. Pick your favorite. Pick your favorite here. We need your gold, silver, and bronze. Uh gold would have to be B. I just I, I really, really like that color 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 scheme. Okay. Um Silver would have to be D. I love the helicopter silhouette with the blood in the map. Yeah. And then bronze. I think I'm gonna give it this. To, uh, give this to H. Yep, yep, yep. Again, I like that color scheme. So this is the. Uh, is that German? Uh, Dark yeah, Oof. it looks German. Bestelug is it German or Ein Mitrap thriller? Definitely. Yeah, Ein Ein Mitrap. Yes. So with the Kremlin, I, I like that color scheme, and that that's Grisha. It so. looks like a poster for the Americans, the TV show. You yeah, know, it the does. opening it sequence does, yeah. of the Americans, like that is right. what you picture. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if it weren't for the map mix-up, A would be on my list of top three. I'm, I guess I have to bump that to my third spot then. So A in third spot, even though I, I do like it, I wanted to push it higher. H in number two. And I'm going with D as my first favorite, just because that chopper and Fred Mason, the map in the background, the blood stain. Man, finally, we've got an entire set of covers that has to do with the book has to do with the scenes is in the right place and cover c only half sucks i'm down uh, i'm 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 right with it finally finally it's good for me it only took us how many books jesus <laughs> <laughs> judge a book judge a cover by the book <laughs> exactly all right well that is order to kill uh so next month we'll be doing enemy of the state Next week, we'll be coming at you with some pod. Don't quite know what it is yet, but we'll keep you updated. And so we have to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. I guess when they listen to this, this will be uh, the Monday before Thanksgiving. So uh, happy right. Thanksgiving to everybody. Yes, indeed. Um, and as always... Just let Mitch be Mitch.
Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster, but thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Guerrilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.